0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Figment of My Reality, where we talk about the true stuff that makes this big old world seem made up. I'm your first host, Jeremy Bales. And I'm your other co-host,
1: Jason Wright. So, Jeremy, how's the quarantine life been going for
0: you? Uh, You ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same day over and over again. It's uh, (laughs) getting a little monotonous. Yeah. You're working from home. You do that for eight hours seven hours two hours whatever anyone's job is and then uh, try to do a little something and you know stay fit either go on a walk or me and my fiance are now doing the insanity program at home and um, yeah that's insane good one good one <laughs> but yeah it's it's all kind of running together how about for yourself
1: yeah I mean the same it's killing the intros right <laughs> You you don't have anything to talk about if you're in your house all the time but the dogs are keeping it interesting. I was in the shower the other day, and uh, I, I grab my towel. I'm drying off. I don't know how it happened. The door is closed and locked, but Hank kicks the door open. and It flies open, and he looks at me, and he's in the bathroom for two seconds, and he throws up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's a sign of you need to get out of here. I'm tired of you being here or... He just wanted to show me what was going on, but he literally kicked the door open. I turned my head, and then the dog just throws up.
0: You know what my guess is? Is that they're just trying to get you out of the house. Like, they've had enough of you. Like <laughs> He's trying
1: to stink me out. He's like, he's in the smallest room in the house. Now's the time to strike.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, now is the time. He's just been hanging around. He's not going out anymore. We don't get these, this time to free roam. Got to get him out. <laughs> Sounds like we're getting by yeah i mean that's about all you can do take it one day at a time but i have a lot more time to look into these these fun stories and look things up and uh it's it's been fruitful so the one i'm going to share with you this week jason is the first american olympic event and it was in 1904 held in st louis now The the thing about this Olympic event is that there was, there was only the one event and it was a marathon.
1: Was this unique to the United States or was that what the Olympics started out as was just a marathon?
0: It still happened. Like I think every two years alternating and every four years for the same season. But the first one that was held in America was 1904, but it was more a part of the world fair rather than highlighting the Olympics. And the reason they did this marathon was kind of an ode to the Greek Olympic Games where the marathon running was the pride and joy of the country. Whoever won that was like the most successful country or or realm at that time. So as sports and the Olympics have progressed, obviously there's been more um, rules. There's been a higher level of athlete. There have been just improvements made kind of all around. For the betterment of the sport, have you ever seen Icarus? Uh, I don't think so. What's that one? So it's on Netflix, and
1: it would beg to differ that there's rules in the Olympics, at least for the Russians. This big steroid scandal
0: <laughs> by the Russians. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I can guarantee that whatever scandal's going on in the Russians did not hold a candle to what happened in the nineteen o four Olympic marathon. Ooh. yeah, so to start off. Um, There were 32 entrants in this event, and it was held, like I said, in St. Louis. But at the time, the International Olympic Committee, known as the IOC now, they didn't really have a great grasp on things. So instead of maybe starting the marathon in the the morning, where it's a little cooler, they started the race at 3.03, which is pretty warm out. Mm -hmm. Peak heat. Some would say 10 to 2 is peak heat, but darn near, right? The heat was clocked in the 90s. Uh, the humidity was as well. <laughs> so they're really uh, they're really putting these athletes to the test. Additionally, there was uh, not the most professional group of folks running the race. There's a couple of them who have participated in like events like the Boston Marathon and have proven successful in that. But there's also the gentleman named Felix Car Carbahal. He was a Cuban national who worked during the day as a mailman.
1: Well, you know why you know why he uh, he's in the Olympics. I mean, if you're running around delivering mail all the time, they might they probably didn't have a uh, any way to get around fast with all his packages back then. He's probably just sprinting everywhere.
0: It's true. He's probably just ridiculously fast sprinting from house to house delivering this mail, right?
1: Yeah, he's probably really good at uh, the relay races too, handing yeah, off the just...
0: batons. He's running
1: and <laughs> sticking those packages in the mail, running down. He's able to hand that baton off like a
0: champ. He gets back at the day at like 10 a.m. after starting his route at eight o'clock. And people are like, where have you been? all <laughs> day?" It's like, I'm done with my route. What? <laughs> yeah. The, in addition to the lackluster caliber of the athletes, another one was, uh, worked as a bricklayer by day. And that was just sort of goes to show you the type type of person running the race for the most part.
1: Your average folks.
0: Yeah. A lot of average Joes. So the route was also not well-paved. It was dirty and dusty, and to hinder the runners even more, I'm not sure if it was intentionally or not, but there was automobiles and wagons going alongside the runners as kind of monitoring them, right? Unfortunately enough, that had a negative effect because it kicked up more and more dust, and ultimately, one of the runners, because of all this dust, suffered from a tear in his stomach lining.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: He was passed out on the side of the road, and it was said that if he had been found even an hour later, he could have bled to death. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think
1: of a event or a sport that could be hindered this much by just elements. Like They aren't sprinkling jello powder into the swimming pool to make it harder for them to swim. <laughs> <laughs> like, or like pudding. <laughs> yeah, they aren't putting – they aren't like covering the – discus in Greece yeah. before they throw it like why are they
0: doing this to the runners because apparently they didn't know any better I would believe that for the most part until I found out about their water sources you know I don't know what standard marathons running as far as frequency of water stops but the one in 1904 I had I've heard I've seen two two different reports one said it had two one at sort of the six mile mark and one at the 12 mile mark of a 26 mile race most of the sources I found said that there was only one water source at about 11 miles in. They want you to ration it. You've got to carry <laughs> it for that last 13 miles and sip on it. <laughs> You'd think so. You'd think it was just sort of obliviousness or ignorance. But a lot of reports are saying that this was intentional because the marathon was part of a study on dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. What a, what a terrible race. Let's just go ask the average working man if he wants to go run 26 miles and get a sip of water halfway through,
0: and we're going to monitor them to see if they pass out anywhere along the way. And as an added bonus, let's just kick up a little bit of dust in their face. Yeah. We can't spit in their face, but we can do something close to it.
1: Yeah, let's try to smother them with dust.
0: Right. So I want to, talk, I want to highlight a couple of the competitors specifically. I'll start with that that Cuban national, Felix who was probably one of the the least prepared individuals who showed up at this race. He allegedly arrived in Louisiana at first and lost about all his money and and things in a dice game, so he had to (laughs) hitchhike and walk to St. Louis. (laughs) And along the race, there were um, claims and reports that a car had stopped by, and he stopped to chat with them, and they were eating peaches, and he asked if he could have some. And they said no, so he took two of them and ran. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is an Olympic runner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> International capability. Oh, man. But, uh, again, this was confirmed through multiple sources, said that he had stopped again throughout the route to eat some fruit off of some local trees. <laughs> He's ruining this dehydration test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, additionally, the fruit that he ate off these trees was rotten, so <laughs> <laughs> okay you gotta give him that one how
1: often are you finding rotten fruit on trees
0: yeah to his credit you know he couldn't know known. he didn't pick it off off the ground it was from a tree and he was running too He i doubt he looked at it very much <laughs> just <laughs> grabbed it on the way yeah, he just grabbed reached up snatched it off the tree took a bite and no good right <laughs> um the man who was a bricklayer let's talk about him he started off real well he led the first part of the race and then quickly kind of got tired out. He originally didn't qualify for the marathon, but under some sort of five-mile race, he was able to qualify later with the sponsorship of some amateur racing support, right? They're all amateurs. (laughs) Some of them seem to have run more consistently, and and we'll talk about them afterwards. So this gentleman's name was Fred Lors, L-O-R-S. So after he fell behind from his initial hot start, he thought, you know what? There's got to be a way for me to catch up. I'll hop in one of these cars. So he did. (laughs) Innovation. I love it. (laughs) And he actually was the original winner, right? So he had taken the car towards the end. Nice. And as he was running in, someone says, an American's going to win, an American's going to (laughs) win. They put the crown of laurels on him, give him the gold medal. But ultimately, someone said he he cheated, if you can imagine the nerve. (laughs)
1: Yeah. He finished his marathon in 15 minutes.
0: Man. He was then disqualified, and from that point on, he was um, removed from the games indefinitely. Until a year later when he apologized and he was back in. <laughs> I mean, if you, have, if you somehow get into the Olympics,
1: right, and you have sure. no chance of winning, you just know you're not going to win. Right. I think it's worth jumping in the car. and Give it a the, shot, right? Get, getting the two or three minutes of fame getting all the medals put on you the cheering you hear your anthem and everything yeah i think it gets it gets pulled away but really what did you lose (laughs) (laughs)
0: nothing he didn't even get punished the next year because he i mean honestly the ioc reinstated him after he apologized
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i find that hard to believe who cares if he apologizes he knew he wasn't supposed to get in a car <laughs> and ride into the finish line. I'm not going to buy that he's oblivious to that. Sorry, I didn't know that I wasn't allowed to get in the car in the marathon.
0: <laughs> well, with the uh, the consistency of the rules and the setup of what's going on, he may have just been doing an experiment on the strictness of the rules. <laughs> there was a couple other athletes who showed up in bare feet. And one of them was chased off the route by a couple of wild dogs, and that's what he claimed led to his ninth place finish. That's so pretty good. Yeah, right? Ninth place, being chased by dogs. Oh, I I did forget to mention this, but I I said that there were 32 entrants, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. 14 finished. (laughs) The other ones were either carted off or quit along the way. The Olympics has really changed. Yeah, I don't care what Russia's doing. These scandals blow them all out of the water. I mean, they're taking
1: steroids and stuff, but at least there wasn't a whole mastermind scheme behind it to secretly do dehydration tests.
0: Oh, did you say something about uh, performance enhancers? We got those too. Good. (laughs) So the eventual winner, a guy named Thomas Hicks, he was basically falling apart at the seams about halfway through. And again, because of the rules were so loosely instilled in this race, Each runner had some trainers or had the opportunity to have some trainers and runners, people who would go alongside you and, you know, refuel you as necessary. Again, kind of taking away the whole point of the dehydration exam. Mm -hmm. So this specific runner, Thomas Hicks, would regularly be refueled with egg whites. And um, he refused to drink tea that was offered him, but instead got brandy. I think he was getting more and more tipsy, more and more loosey-goosey as he was running. Mm-hmm. Which, now that I think about it, probably did help the dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how in the world did this guy win? He's the most dehydrated person <laughs> here. Well, that would be due to the, what is it, steychnine. S-T-A-Y-C-H-N-I-N-E. And this is kind of a herbal medicine well at least it it was thought to be some sort of um stimulant right because whenever you administered it in small doses your your body started to tingle i didn't i had never heard of this before had no idea what it was googled the pronunciation cuz i'm a dummy and i googled the word and the only thing that came up was rat poison <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be darned. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's a funny way to spell rat poison.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. I'm surprised you found anything about this on the internet. I'm surprised <laughs> Big Olympic didn't come in a race at all. <laughs>
0: Big Olympic. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so in addition to getting fed egg whites, sipping brandy. Every time that he was about to stop running, his trainers and managers would administer him just a little bit of rat poison. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing gets the blood flow and the muscles moving. Peak performance like
0: rap right. poison. So in the Victorian area, this uh, stichenine or whatever it is was, like I said, an herbal treatment for like headaches stimulants, and because people thought when your body started tingling, it was having some sort of positive effect on your body. Or it was slowly killing you. Yeah, I would argue it
1: wasn't slowly. <laughs>
0: if
1: you immediately started tingling. That shit was killing you pretty quick.
0: Yeah, right? Very effective rat poison and apparently human poison too. <laughs> but anyway, so, so this guy was actually losing heart when he heard that uh, Fred Lores, the man in the vehicle had won, but he didn't know about the, the vehicle. So it came to be that his, his trainers, his managers reported back to him. Hey, you know, Fred Lords is disqualified. You can still win. So he, he gets up all the courage and the strength he can muster and he actually finishes
1: during the race. He found out during the race that this other person won. <laughs> and then during the race, he found out this other person lost and
0: then continued to run and still won the race. Big Olympic has nothing to do with Big Heart, That this man. (laughs) Big Heart always wins. It's so crazy. But yeah, as he was getting closer and closer to the finish, for some reason, if you can believe it, he started hallucinating. (laughs) He thought the finish line was 20 miles away when he was only about a mile and a half out. And uh, after he crossed the finish line, it took four doctors over an hour to get him in a stable enough condition to leave the grounds. He was so jacked up from brandy and rat poison that he he couldn't leave right away. That is the the first winner of the American Olympic Marathon in 1904. A little bonus fun fact is that Fred Lors and Thomas Hicks ran the Boston Marathon together the following event. I don't know if it was the next year or that same year, but Lors actually ended up beating him fair and square. no car needed (laughs) they just didn't see him get in the car this time yeah man that's that's the craziness that's the the busted up 1904 olympic marathon some folks made it out some folks finished some didn't some people got poisoned some people ate (laughs) rock fruit
1: (laughs) oh man that's wild
0: Hey guys what's up um, well this is something we're going to start doing now as we transition from story to story we got an awesome review from Inspecta deck on itunes recommending that we have this music transition from story to story and we're listening so if you guys have any other comments uh, feedback critiques feel free to let us know you can contact us we'll get to our um, social medias here at the end or you can leave a review on itunes and we we're reading them all the time So if you have something, let us know. I'm going to bring us a
1: story that's a little bit unconventional for our podcasts, a little different than what we usually do. I'm going to bring us a office story, a story from the workplace. Most of us aren't able to go there and and get our daily feel of needed work and interaction
0: from uh, our beloved peers. Is this a personal work story? Have you been going in and <laughs> no. risking everyone's health, Jason? I, I would not do that to the general public.
1: Good man. This is a office story about a temp. Some of you people in college or high school might be in this situation soon, so make sure you're listening. This is what you got to look forward to.
0: <laughs> what, a <story. laughs> what a just beacon message of hope for Jason. Hey, you guys aren't going to find a job right away. Look out for temp agencies. <laughs> yep. And
1: then prepare <laughs> to deal with real shitty people.
0: <laughs> Let
1: me hear. Let me hear how bad this gets. So when this guy started his temp job, he, uh, he didn't know he'd be working with somebody else. But he has to share this temp position with somebody else. He goes on to say not only did he have to share it, he wishes he was informed that he would be sharing it with a squeaky lady
0: house elf is how he described her squeaky lady house like are we referencing harry potter here i'm not sure I, okay <laughs> I, I think he might just be british
1: <laughs> fair enough so their job is they're put on the six-week project where they have to call insurance companies to check on mental health insurance for the people going into a specific program so they're calling to figure out if they have the proper insurance and stuff to be part of this program okay and when they, when they call the insurance companies, it's filled with all this lingo and jargon that's kind of hard to understand. So naturally, they're going to ask a few questions. But his code temp is incapable of creating coherent sentences.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: So one time when she asked a question, he verbatim writes it in a text and sends it to his friend so that he has it for later. And it reads as follows. Just if you, because, like, uh... When you mm, phone, uh, <laughs> the right word,
0: right, is <laughs> exactly how it reads. Jason, did you say this was a an older lady? Um, no, a uh, did she I, have I guess... a stroke? <laughs> Like, let's maybe there's actually something. I
1: I, want to know how you're you're in a cubicle, and he's by the way, he's sharing this cubicle with her. Not only does he have to share his temp position, which I've never heard somebody sharing a temp position, you have your own separate temp positions, but they jam them into the same cubicle. I I hope it's a little bigger than
0: the usual. Oh, my goodness! Hey, Jason, run that back for me.
1: Is if you, because yep. like, uh, okay, when yeah. When you, um, phone,
0: uh, the right yep. words, right? <laughs> you ever seen that kid of, did you ever have a dream that you could, you, you want it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> except they're, you put a little suit on them and they're working
1: <laughs> in an office talking to insurance companies. Yeah, bud. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Fast forward a couple weeks. They're two weeks into this six-week program. I think dude is out. He's done. <laughs> he uh, He's there still working, trying to get his job done. He's making his phone calls and everything, and he notices his coworker isn't making phone calls anymore. He hears a noise, and he turns around, and she's not making phone calls. She decides, well, instead of phone calls, I think I need to see if uh, – Saved by the Bell's getting enough watches. So she's watching Saved by the Bell oh, come on. on her phone with no headphones, with a speaker on and in the office. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so eventually, somebody that's not a temp, that is a full time employee, walks by yep. and notices this Saved by the Bell blaring through the office. Sure. <laughs> and. Leans in to the cubicle, and says, "Are you able to make phone calls with your phone
0: volume up so high?" And she says, "Not really." That's the type of thing that really annoys me. Like, if you are in any position of leadership or management, don't ask that passive question. Be like, "Hey, you're not making calls. Get with her or get lost." Like this this isn't yeah. this isn't Netflix time. Don't do that passive aggressive <laughs> nonsense. If you yeah. got a point to say, just say it. <laughs> exactly. But he leans in. He asks her.
1: Are you able to make those phone calls? And she says, not really. And then he... Uh, End of story? So he, he responds. He's like, are you going to make any more phone calls? And she comes back at him and goes, "Uh, I don't think so. I've had a problem with motivation since I was a kid. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and this is kind of too much for this uh, employee to soak in. I don't know if he's the boss or not. He might just be somebody. And he decides, Oh,
0: this shit is He might just problem. be like, oh, you know... Any person who works ever. <laughs>
1: yeah. And he just thinks it's not, this is too much
0: for me. And he just leaves. Okay.
1: So never mind. He decides this, this isn't for me. I'm not dealing with this. So believe it or not, the next week is her last week. <laughs> she she no. ends up getting uh, laid off, I guess, fired. I don't, I, I guess it would be fired, right? Your attempt. Right. You're just getting the axe. Her last day with the guy who wrote this story up his last interaction with her, I'm, I'm going to read what he wrote because I don't know if I can do it justice by just saying it. Okay. So, I was standing in the break room staring at my rotating food thawing in the microwave because it's the most fascinating thing that happens in this office. When she walked up to me and says, Hey, man, you microwaving your food? That's so smart. And then walked out. So that's his last interaction with her. <laughs> There's two things I like to know about that. Go ahead. I don't know what that what Higgs means. Higgs, yeah. <laughs> and I'll translate when you're ready. And, and I like how he points out that his food being microwaved is the most fascinating thing that mm-hmm. happens in that office.
0: Well, Jason, Higgs is just a it's a common greeting. You know, a hey, how you doing? It actually might be an acronym for something that I just can't think of right now. <laughs> are you sure? No, I think it's just nonstop, dude. It's just nonsense. His last
1: thought when he reflects back on this is he knows that he's seen her with frozen food before. How did she cook it? Did she cook it? He didn't see any any campfires anywhere to warm it up. He never noticed that she had a lighter. Maybe she just liked her lean cuisines, cold and crunchy.
0: I was going to say, did
1: she just not heat them up? Ever, I don't, I don't know, but this young—I assume—young lady in this temp position seems like she health. has a very bright future ahead of her. She's going to be able to work hard and achieve her goals, and probably watch the whole series of Saved by the Bell in Hopefully. a few
0: weeks. God, I hope. So. <laughs> I hope. Like that's just—I don't know what I would do in that situation. Like I probably—I wouldn't have any patience for it for sure. Well, I would try to have patience for it. But then, after like "Saved by the Bell" starts coming out, dude, I have no—I'd have no patience
1: for it. When I attempt at my work, I shared a cubicle with a very, very productive woman who was on the legal team, mm-hmm. and it was hard enough just to share a cubicle with somebody, right. let alone sharing it with somebody who's not working. Who's playing Saved by the Bell?
0: Who doesn't the thing have is no headphones. headphones?
1: Who's eating frozen lean
0: cuisine? Yeah. In addition to the Saved by the Bell, you just hear crunch, crunch, crunch. What do you got? Mac and cheese. Crunch, crunch, crunch.
1: <laughs> oh man! Once we get through all this, all you young younger people will have that to look forward to when you get into your temp position.
0: Oh my lands, dude. That is atrocious. I hate it. I also hate the message you're sending out. Look at
1: it. Look at the time we have at our house is half full. We might not be able to leave, but it's better than running into
0: somebody like this. Hey, hey, all you people that Jason Wright's talking to who who believes you'll only be temps. Now's the time to get your skills up. Take free <laughs> online classes. Don't be a temp. Be a hero. <laughs> at least be a good enough temp that you don't have to share a cubicle. That's it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review. Uh, it helps us out a ton. And like I said before, we really are listening and love to hear your feedback. If you're interested in contacting us with some feedback, critiques, you can reach us at any of our social medias, Fig of My Reality, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our email is figmintofmyreality at gmail.com.
1: Really go check out those social media guys. We're trying to do some fun stuff on there, some funny pictures of drawings and stuff. I mean... They aren't great. I'm sure everybody out there could do stuff better. But uh, we think they're fun and funny. So if you want to check that out, just give it a look.
0: Yeah, I've actually received a couple comments from folks listening to show that they enjoyed them a lot. And I think uh, if you guys have any submissions or additions to any type of artwork or any type of feedback or things we could do, let us know. Our uh, piece of reality we're going to leave you with this week is a duel for three people. It's called a truel, T-R-U-E-L. I'm Jeremy Bales. I'm Jason Wright. Talk to you next week.